Welcome, my friends, to another podcast this week. We're going to be talking about two scripture passages, one from John and one from the first letter of Peter to the churches, and both of them have the same theme, joy. Now, it may seem like an odd time to be talking about joy right in the middle of a pandemic when all around us is death and conflict and separation, worry, doubt, and moments in which we're not sure of anything, especially what we should do next. But I can't think of a better time than now to talk about joy. So let's begin by calling ourselves to worship with a fun children's song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I found the love of Jesus in my heart. Oh, I'm so happy, so very happy. I found the love of Jesus in my heart. Let's worship God together. Two great scripture readings today, my friends. One from the Gospel of John and one from a letter that Peter wrote to the churches. Both of them are examples of joy in the time of trial and ordeal. Here's from the 16th chapter of John. A little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me. Then some of the disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying to us, A little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father? They said, What does he mean by all this, a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. Now Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Are you discussing among yourselves what I meant? When I said a little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain, because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. On that day you will ask nothing of me. Very truly I tell you, if you ask anything of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. And then from a letter that Peter, the apostle, sent to the churches in Asia Minor. This is from the first letter of Peter, the first chapter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you've had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, 
being more precious than gold, that though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. Today's hymn is called Jubilation, and it's a great song of joy. It comes from the off-Broadway performance of the Cotton Patch Gospel by Tom Key and Russell Trace, with all the music and lyrics by Harry Chapin. Yeah, the same Harry Chapin who did Cats in the Cradle. It's based on a book by Clarence Jordan, which was called the Cotton Patch Gospels. And it is all about the telling of the story of the life of Jesus as if it took place in rural Georgia. I highly recommend it if you ever get a chance to see the play in a local production or rent the video or see it online. It is a wonderful version of the life of Jesus with great music. And today's hymn is no exception. It's just simply a song of joy. And it comes into play at the moment in which the disciples are just getting ready to go into a very hard time in their lives. But they have one day of joy. One day of joy with their leader, Jesus. One day of joy just being together. One day in which they don't think about anything but just how happy they are. The hymn is called Jubilation.
Joy comes in a lot of different forms, and joy comes at a lot of different times, and it doesn't always come at a time in which everything is perfect in your life. In fact, often joy comes in the middle of times of trial and ordeal. These two scripture passages today give us a couple of great examples of what that's like. In John 16 and the first letter of Peter to the churches, both of them comes in, come in times of trial and ordeal. The Gospel of John is right before Jesus and the disciples are going to head into a time in their ministry in which Jesus is going to be arrested and he's going to be beaten and he's going to be tried in a mock trial and he's going to be killed on the cross and the disciples are going to be scattered for a moment or two, hiding out in all kinds of fear and worry and doubt. But as Jesus says in today's scripture lesson, even though for a little while you won't see him, you will see him again. And when you do, your joy will be unbounded. There'll come a time in which things will seem pretty dark. But in the middle of all that, there can come joy. Moments in which you can simply be filled with the Spirit of God, even though everything around you is tough. Now, in the first letter that Peter writes to the churches, it takes place more than likely at a time after Jesus had died and before Paul has been killed. And Peter is writing about the persecution of the church. It's happening all around. Christians are being persecuted simply because of their beliefs. And he's writing to a group of churches in what they called back then Asia Minor. If you read the first letter of Peter, you will find in its opening greetings a list of all of these provinces of Rome which are in Asia Minor, pretty much the country of Turkey as we would divide it now. But back in those days, this was the diaspora, this was the separation. This was the people of God being sent away. They had been persecuted and they ran away from their own lives and they had found themselves far away from home in Asia Minor. And while they're there, they continue to be ostracized by the locals there. They don't find a home in which they are well received. And Peter is writing to that group and trying to give them courage. And all throughout this first letter of Peter, and it's not long, you can read it yourself, he is bringing up all the ways in which they should conduct themselves. How should they act as they are strangers in a strange land? But this particular passage 
is all about having joy at a time when you wouldn't think they'd have much joy. They are people who've given up their homes. Many of them left their families. They've been persecuted by the Roman government. It's a difficult time, and yet Peter suggests in the very opening of his letter they ought to be able to find joy. Joy in a time of trial. Joy in a time of ordeal. Joy in a time of doubt and worry. They're, they're completely unsure of what's coming next. Now that's something we can relate to right now. Now granted, we're not in diaspora, so to speak, but in our own way, we are certainly isolated from the life that we once knew. And we are in doubt, and we are in worry, and we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We see pandemic predictions from scientists and politicians, and they don't seem to match up. We've seen groups of people that are protesting on both sides of an issue. We need to open up today. No, we don't want to open up because we don't want to lose more lives. The separation in our country seems more like a huge chasm, a huge rift, and we have doubts about whether or not it will ever heal. We don't know what tomorrow will look like, much less a week from now or a month from now. We can't even begin to plan what's going to happen in the fall. Will school reopen? Should it reopen? We have no idea. And so we're living in these dark times. And yet, in the middle of all of that, sometimes we find joy. And then, as soon as we feel a little joy, we feel some guilt alongside that joy. It doesn't make any sense, we say to ourselves. How can we have happiness? How can we have joy? When every day the death toll is rising, every day there are people around us, people we know, who are being hospitalized with the coronavirus. We're worried that we might get it ourselves. We're worried our families will get it. We're worried our friends, our co-workers will get it. We won't open up the church. We won't open up our businesses because our concerns are so great. And yet in the middle of that, when we find joy, we feel guilty. Theodore Roosevelt once said, Comparison is always the thief of joy. And then not much later after that, Mark Twain said essentially the same thing when he wrote, Comparison is the death of joy. Joy doesn't do well when you compare it to what's happening all around you. If you begin to measure whether or not you should have joy because of the times that you find yourself in, if you try to compare where you're living with what other people are going through and you say, I shouldn't have joy because everything around me is falling apart. That's not what Jesus said and that's not what Peter said. In the middle of trial and ordeal, sometimes that's the moment in which we need joy the most. And yes, we are finding joy in this lockdown of the pandemic. I've been paying attention to social media and all around me I find people finding joy in this time of ordeal and trial. How many people have we talked to that have said, yeah, I've been home so much, I've completed a lot of projects in my house that I've been putting off for months and months and months, and now I have the time to do them, and I'm actually getting them done. Or other people who have said on the same subject, I have all these projects, and I read that everybody else is getting their projects done, and I haven't done a darn thing. And yet, I find some joy some happiness in knowing that not doing my projects had very little to do with whether or not I had time. It had to do with just me. There's been joy sometimes when people have 
finally had a chance to binge watch their favorite show. I can't tell you how many times I've had someone on the internet talk to me or talk to everyone they're posting to. All these shows I've wanted to watch, now I've caught up with them. I have sat on the couch, popped some popcorn, made some lunch, and sat and watched TV for hours on end. I never did that before. Kind of relaxing, kind of joyful. Along the people, among the people that I know well, music has been a real joy. Being at home more affords us the opportunity to do more music. I have seen podcasts, heard podcasts, and seen broadcasts on Facebook and other places where people will do concerts. I have a friend who does a fireside concert once every week. I have a family member who does a music concert every week. I have friends who are doing music and they're posting it online. Maybe 10 people will show up, maybe 50 people, maybe 100 will come online to watch them and listen to them. But it brings them great joy to finally have the time to do some music. I read online just this last week, a woman friend of mine was posting how she had gotten back into walking. She hadn't walked for a long time, she said. I really hadn't really decided that I would be a very good walker. And then all of a sudden, I had all this time, and I decided I had to do something with it. And so she began walking. And she posted how exhilarating it was to be able to walk again, to get her strength back, to get her legs back underneath her. How many people have we heard talk about books they've been reading, books they hadn't read for a long time, books that had been on the shelf, books that a friend had recommended, and they just hadn't gotten to them yet? How many people have found joy in receiving gifts from others? All of a sudden, your friends have enough time. Maybe they have a moment or two in which they provide a, a card to you. I've received a couple of great cards this week, one hand-painted card from a friend from far away. People take time when they have time to be much more thoughtful to one another. And so we find gifts that we receive from our friends and relatives. And some of us have been able to receive gifts of food and gifts of transportation and gifts of friendship and phone calls and emails from people we hadn't heard from for a long time. Receiving these gifts brings us great joy. And on the other side of that, giving these gifts gives us great joy. We've had a little extra time to go to the grocery store and pick up food for a neighbor or a friend or a relative or simply call someone that we just don't call that often. I can't tell you how many friends I have reconnected with. We find joy in teaching. Oh, I know some of you parents out there are going to really not be very happy with this part of the joy because having your kids at home 24-7 is very difficult. And yet, you can't deny that there's a certain amount of joy in teaching your children, at watching them learn, at being with them, growing close to them again. Our schedules have changed drastically. There's no more Little League. There's no more athletics. There's no more Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. There's no more places where we have to deliver our kids. It's seemingly every day. We have more time to spend together, and maybe in a way that drives us a little crazy, but we can't deny what joy it brings us to be with our children. I have a friend who posts stay-at-home school every single day. She writes about what she and her son are doing 
when they stay home and have school, almost hour by hour. It's a real joy for me to read it. Teaching kids can be a real joy. I know that in our household, my wife is teaching a young boy who lives upstairs in the apartment in which we live. She finds real joy in preparing the lessons every day. We find joy in little things like having enough toilet paper. How many of us have gone to the store, put on a mask, walked into the store, and actually found some toilet paper? And what did we say when we got home? I am full of joy. I found some toilet paper. Now that certainly would not have happened before. How about Zoom? To be honest, I'd never even heard about Zoom until all this happened. And now we have church services on demand, not just on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but any time we're in the mood, we can turn on a church service. There's so many of them. You can find one to your liking 24-7. Something very wonderful about having Zoom at our fingertips, having podcasts at our fingertips, having church services on demand, being able to get together with family on Zoom, even though it's not what we would choose. There is joy in all of these things. And if only we let the joy wash over us, if only we let the joy happen to us, it's okay to be joyful in a time of pandemic. It's okay to find a day that you can set aside. The disciples, just before they went into Jerusalem and Jesus would be arrested, they found a day of joy. The church in Diaspora that Peter wrote to in Asia Minor, they found some elements of joy even in their separation. And we can find joy in our lives too. There are things in almost every day that can bring us joy. It doesn't negate the fact that what's happening around us is horrible, that the death rate is almost unconscionable, that politicians are telling us all kinds of things we can't believe. It doesn't negate any of that. But it just gives us a moment of joy. I highly recommend it. Joy is a thing to behold. And just like the end of that hymn, I hope that you have moments of joy in your life where you simply want to stand up and shout, Hoo-wee! This is a day of joy. Or you want to end the day by saying, I just don't want this day to ever come to an end. That's a real day of joy. Let's pray together. Lord, it isn't easy to find joy in times of ordeal and trial, and yet... You found a way to give the disciples the joy of the moment and also the joy of the hope of their future. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate joy among one another and help us to find as much joy as we can and know that joy comes in so many different forms. We don't have to compare ourselves or have a competition to anyone else, Lord. Our joy can simply be our own, something simple, maybe something that no one else would even understand. Lord, help us to celebrate the kind of joy that makes us want to shout who we, the kind of joy in which we can honestly say, I wish this day would never come to an end. In the name of Jesus, we pray this in joy. Amen. 
Everybody wants to touch their dreams just one time. I know I'll never ever get this close again. Everybody wants to feel that feeling sometime. That's why I don't want today to come to an end. My friends, this is the end of our podcast. I hope that you'll find some joy and you'll recognize that it's all right to have joy in this dark time. In fact, it may be some of the most important things we do to find joy for each other and joy for ourselves. Let's offer this prayer as we depart. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God will hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Amen. My friends, the service here is ended. May we go in peace. Amen.